If you guys love the podcast, you want to get the audible version of my new book, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital, at capitalistbook.com. A user named just Jay on Amazon said this in a review, a four-hour work week for 2019. He goes on to say, I bought this book because I read somewhere that it was like a four-hour work week of 2019, and it absolutely delivered. The book delivered on both big ideas and has specific actionable templates, including unredacted and minimally redacted emails. This book is not chock full of self-promotion or useless platitudes, but is broken down into four key rules explained in solid detail and with specific and often amusing anecdotes. Reading this really got my wheels and my head turning of how to be resourceful, which many say is the ultimate trait of a successful entrepreneur. My favorite of the four rules is blank. You have to go read the review to find out. But guys, thanks for supporting me on the podcast. I hope you go grab the book on Audible today at capitalistbook.com. Joined Shorthand, but he is not the founder, but joined Shorthand back in 2016. That was three years after launch. The early investors who owned about 100% of the company basically kicked out the first two founders. He's now running it, driving great growth, 100% year-over-year growth from about 60 grand in monthly recurring revenue in August 2017 up to about 125 grand per month today. That's from 250 customers that pay on average 500 bucks a month, but those are all annual plans. So about six grand uh, per year. Again, those are usually paid all up front. 2.5 million raised all in, that's US dollars. 2% revenue churn per month. That's on a gross basis, spending about 50 cents for a new dollar of ARR. Or said differently, they're spending about $3,000 to acquire a new $6,000 customer with a six-month payback period. Team of 10 people based in remote locations, but mainly New York City and London. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ricky Robinson. He's the CEO at Shorthand, maker of the visual storytelling platform trusted by the BBC, Business Insider, Refinery29, Honda UK, Save the Children, and hundreds of other publishers, brands, nonprofits, and universities. They make it simple for storytelling teams to create memorable stories that audiences want to share. Ricky, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Let's All right. Do it. This is a, you know, scaling content creation is very difficult, especially when you start adding video elements and it's not just, you know, blog posts anymore these days. Uh, I'm eager and excited to talk to you because I think it's a problem so many people have. So tell us what shorthand does and how you make money. What's your revenue model? Yeah. So uh, these days we we do annual subscriptions. It's just annual subscriptions. We don't do monthlies. Um, and we sort of sit in that space where, you know, prior to shorthand coming along, um, News, news organizations and big brands would, would have an internal development team to create these sorts of stories on a, on a custom basis, so case by case. Um, so expensive, very long timeframes, publishing, um, and shorthand kind of just comes in and make, makes that a lot easier. So, you know, we re- reduce time and cost um, by, you know, more than 10x in a lot of cases. 
And how does, walk me through how this works. So like the made up to look beautiful, sent out to die campaign by the BBC, right? So this, as I scroll through it, I mean, it's a blog, it's essentially a full screen, full bleed blog post. There's other interactive kind of elements built into it. Walk me through the back end. How did you make this magic happen? Yeah, so I mean, all, all the magic is really, I guess, two parts. So the editor, um, the editor is really magical to use. Um, a lot of our customers say, you know, it's the best part of their day uh, using shorthand to create stories. So we put a lot of effort into that. Um, and then the rest of the magic is all in the browser on the front end. And I, I think one thing that we do that, you know, a lot of, a lot of other platforms don't, and I guess why, why the likes of BBC and Business Insider are using shorthand is because we kind of make sure that all these interactions work across every device, every platform. Um, so we do put a lot of effort into that. So and how does, give me an example, just, of, give me an example of Business Insider. So like what's a post they used you on? Yeah. Uh, so Business Insider, um, they use it for commercial content. So they do sponsored content for, you know, likes of Volvo, Cartier, um, uh, th- those sorts of brands. Um, and that, that's a, that's a fairly big use case. So, um, news publishers wanting to offer their brand customers, something special and a cut above um, what, what they've been offered previously, but also something that they can do on a repeatable basis, right? Yep. So again, in the past, they've done these stories, but it's taken a lot of effort and now they can kind of create a lot of these stories in a very quick time frame. Yeah, makes sense. Walk me through what the average price one is per year. I, I want to avoid going down every customer cohort. I'm sure you have many, but on average. Yeah, absolutely. So it's 6,000 uh, US. Got it, 6,000 per year. and. And what what generally do people get for that? Is that like one piece of content per month, or how do you how do you define that? No, so we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But I think one of the lessons we learned was was not to offer it on a on a per piece basis, um, and we'll talk about why in a minute. Um, but uh, essentially, it's it's um, based on features. Um, but the big differentiator between you know whether you're whether you're paying in the tens of thousands for shorthand or or less than that is whether you're exporting the story onto your own infrastructure. Um, there's a big difference between customers who want and need that ability and customers who are happy to have their stories hosted on shorthand's infrastructure. And so there's a, there's a big uh, difference in value there. Walk me through how you're tackling something like load speed, right? So I've tested a bunch of these sites before I did it, and the load speed was really, really bad because it's such interactive content, <laughs> right? Some of these things, I, I imagine on the BBC, you're not actually hosting them. So, no. so how do you handle things like load speed? Yeah, so I mean, load speed is, is an interesting one. I think you'll find that for the kinds of stories that these are, shorthand, shorthand stories do load fast. And one of the things that... Um, if they're hosted I, on you and not exported. Yeah, well, it depends. Like a lot of our customers do do a good job of putting that on, uh, you know, decent infrastructure, um, CDN in front, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Um, one thing that shorthand is that's different to some other platforms uh, is that it's um, it's static files, right? They're they're flat files, so you are loading um, the, the the HTML, the assets, CSS all off just a normal web server, right? It's not being dynamically served out of a database. Um, so that's one thing that that, that is quite different to um, other solutions. And it's it's a big trend uh, on the web at the moment is these um, uh, static static files, yeah. right? So when did you launch the company? What year? Um, so we got started, we incorporated in 2013, but there was no product until 2014. Okay, and so how did you support yourself over that time? Did you guys raise capital? 
Yeah, uh, we did. So we have an investor, um, well-known guy in Australia called Graham Wood. Um, so he's he's backed us. He's the only backer at the moment. How much? How much there uh, in the beginning did he give you? Yeah, so three million Australian. Okay, and uh, and total raise total raise to date is how much? That that's it. Yeah. Oh, just the three. Uh, okay. so, sorry, we sorry we 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 did uh, we raised another five hundred um, basically to open up uh, shop in New York. Okay, so you raised three million five hundred Australian dollars, mm-hmm. which is equivalent to about two point today, which is equivalent to about two point five million US dollars. Yeah. Okay, great. And just from one investor, that must be nice. Yeah, I mean, Graham's really supportive. He's always been very interested in independent journalism, good journalism. He uh, he funds the Guardian in Australia, so the Guardian newspaper, um, and he's had a bunch of other projects in this space before. And over the past couple of years, what have you been able to scale to in terms of total customers using you guys? Yeah, so we're just shy of two hundred and fifty customers at the moment. That's great. Now, if I take that two fifty times, now you said the that six thousand obviously was annually, but that puts you at about a one point five million dollar run rate. Is that about accurate? That's about accurate. Yeah, that's that's great. That's very good. And talk to me about the talk to me about growth. So if you're at about one point five yeah, in so, error today, so, where were you so about a year ago? Interesting. Um, yeah, about a year ago we were doing. Uh, where are we? Um, we're doing about 60, 60 MRR. Um, so you've more so, than doubled. Uh, so, yeah, over, over this year, I think um, the, the last Australian financial year, which kind of ends in June, um, it, it's been a little bit slower than the pre- previous year. And I think the reason for that was um, these story-limited plans that we offered, right? So we we uh, offered um, these plans for $3,000 and then $3,500, which gave you like a couple of stories. And that was great for growth. Like they sold by the bucket load. Uh, the problem is that a lot of those customers, once they created those stories and exported them, that was it. They were done, gone. Um, and so churn over this last uh, this, this last six months or so has not been great. In fact, it's been terrible. Like our churn is like two two percent. It's like two two um, percent logo churn per month. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, that's revenue churn. Two percent revenue churn per month. That's net or gross revenue churn. Uh, that is that is. Uh, gross. Okay, revenue. so you're not adding back any, any upsells. No, 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 no. Okay, great. And, and so, so why do you, why do you say that's horrible? That's actually, I mean, that's not horrendous. Yeah, it's for us, it is because we know where we were before. Where right? were you? Our churn was was awesome. So less than half of that. Okay, right? so what? Sorry, what changed? So the story limit story limited plans, right? So offering these things where they create two stories, and that's all they need. And they move on. So I think our our problem there was in plan design, um, and I think we, we we we've sorted that problem out now. Like we obviously don't offer those plans anymore. But churn's higher. You, well, churn churn is high at the moment because we've got annual plans, right? So we sold a plan a year ago. One of these three thousand dollar plans, they're churning now. Oh God, they're they're not so, renewing yeah. at the new price point. Yeah, right. right. I see what you're saying. So, I see what you're saying. So so that that's been our issue. But if you remove all of those story limited plans, our curve looks a lot a lot nicer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, I would argue, curve. I would argue that two percent <laughs> revenue churn per month on a gross basis, generated by the fact that you're asking people to essentially who were paying three grand to now pay six grand for the same thing. That's actually not bad at all. Um, walk me through new customers you're onboarding. What's your CAC? Yeah. So our CAC, um, so it costs us, uh, 50 cents on the new AR, ARR dollar. Yeah. So, so you spend really 50 cents for that new, for that new dollar of AR. Yeah. 
So um, I guess uh, three, you know, it's three thousand um, dollars to bring on a new customer. Yep, three K CAC, and so then you're getting paid back what in about six months? Um, yeah, roughly that. Yes, yep. but it's all up. Is it all paid up front? So on a cash basis, it's instant. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So and, so our cash. I mean, you know, the last Australian financial year, we we had a cash flow positive year. So it was yeah. And growing and growing. You said uh, about 100 percent year over year. That's healthy. Yeah. Um, talk to me about team size. Where are you, how many team members and where are you based? Uh, we have 10, uh, FTE, um, we're based all over the world. So we have a office here in New York, um, London. So London, the UK, Europe is kind of our main market. That's where we got started. That's where we got traction with a lot of the big publishers. Um, the U S is kind of just coming up and maybe going to overtake that uh, over the next 12 months. Uh, and then we have our development team in Australia, in Brisbane, mainly, uh, and we have a guy in Japan and another guy in Seattle. So we're kind of very distributed, very remote. That's great. And walk me through kind of in terms of what you're doing with the company today. So are you looking at raising more capital to drive growth? We're not sure. Like we think, you know, obviously we've, we've done a bit of analysis. We know what levers we have to pull. You know, if we spend this much here, we're going to grow by that much. Um, Tell me about but, one of those lever- levers. Yeah. So we've spent nothing on marketing, literally nothing. We've grown to where we are today just based on publishers coming in, creating great looking stories, putting them on their website, people reading those stories going, holy cow, how did they make this? Uh, Most of the stories have a shorthand logo at the bottom and people click that and come through to our website. So I'd say 30, 40% of people reach us that way and the rest is pretty much all just search. Um, And so we've you know, we've done very little there to, to optimize that, that search as well. We're currently, that's a big project for us at the moment is uh, SEO. And so how are you tackling that project? Does it, does it have to do with hiring SEO experts or what? Yeah. Um, so that, so just bringing in, um, we've, we've done a contra deal with, uh, with an agency that kind of specializes in that. Um, we have a data scientist, uh, on the team, very, very smart cookie. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's just so much low hanging fruit for us in that space because we haven't done anything. So just looking at, you know, what keywords should we be putting on our homepage? R- really simple that most, most startups that of our size and, and our, uh, our age would have done this stuff by now. And we just haven't. Let, let me ask you a question. So you're in a, from a price point perspective, when you start analyzing the effectiveness of a potential inside sales team or putting touch on a sale, your price point's a very tricky one because it's high enough where someone doesn't feel comfortable putting their credit card on an online form without a phone call, but it's too low really to pay too much in terms of a commission, right? Or a kickback to whoever the person is closing the sale. So how do you solve that? Yeah. So, so you see, I don't know whether you've seen our pricing page, but we've just, we've just put that pricing page up and we've got these, um, our export plans, which are tailored plans. Um, the, the top, and tailored plan there really starts at 24K, right? But, but we sell those for often a lot more. Um, and that's based on, you know, the features that they get, um, how many sites they're putting this, this um, shorthand on. Um, and so we are slowly pushing that, that, um, that ACV up. So got it. So you'll put touch on those accounts, but yep, I imagine absolutely. you also have a lot of no touch sales coming in every month. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, and, and that's just, just you know, there's, there's such a range of people who want to use this tool. Um, people who are, you know, 
upgrading from Squarespace, sure. for example. Yeah. They go onto a prelude plan. And, uh, and and then at the top end, we've got, you know, the likes of the BBC, um, Honda, et cetera. So if you did um, decide to raise capital, about how much would you target raising? That's a really good question. We, we I'm... I, I wouldn't want to take too much, to be perfectly honest, but we've had offers, not, not offers. Um, we're currently discussing, um, there's one really well-known firm that is talking about a $20 million um, investment. And that, to me, is like, that's going to change our company. <laughs> and we're not sure we want to do that, right? Hold on, but, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Investing 20, at, a, at a $20 million valuation or putting $20 million in? $20 million in, which seems crazy to me. And the reason, the reason that well, are they buying? Are they buying the whole company? What? what I, think, pers- I think they'd probably buy buy out Graham's stake, which is what about 40 percent. Uh, no, he owns. So, so at the moment, he owns actually the whole company. Um, and when when that deal, if that deal gets done, um, it restructures the company essentially. Wait, I'm so, so confused. Like, Graham, Graham ends up with. with why Graham. are you? Why are you as a CEO taking all the risk, building this thing, and you own no equity? Uh, so I was not a founder. Who founded uh, it? I, uh, well, Graham did actually. So Gr- Graham has backed a, a lot of these publishing um, projects in the past. Uh, the you know if if we had our time again, you know I I wouldn't have structured the company like. When this, did you but, come in then? What year? Uh, I came in in twenty fifteen. Okay, and what happened to the start? Like the founders, Graham wasn't happy with them, so he fired them. What? Uh, essentially. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That, that, by the way, happens all the time. Okay. So they're, they're not involved at all anymore. Now, why don't they own any part of the company? Who knows? They, they, they didn't take equity to begin with. I was not part of that. Um, no idea. Okay. Interesting. So, so, okay. So grandma's 100% of the company. You're basically an employee. You have no equity, which that's a whole other conversation. I'm, I'm confused. Why, what's, what's motivating you, but maybe what's motivating you is potentially someone else buying out Graham for 20 million and then giving you 10% equity or something and saying, Hey, run oh, this, scale it and build it. Sort of. It, what, what is motivating us is that this is an awesome team to work for. We have a lot of fun. We have great customers. Our customers yeah, but Ricky, you have, come on, you're an tool. entrepreneur. You're taking all the risk. I, I believe what you're saying. Like that's the right answer. But you're taking all the risk. You own no equity. Correct. At today. Today. Yeah. So what is your path to equity? It's finding a buyer who will then also say, hey, Ricky, now we bought Graham out. We gave him a great return. Now we want to give you 10% equity and incentivize you to keep building the company. It's going to be something like that. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So do you take a $20 million deal or actually does Graham take a $20 million deal? Um, I, I think I think we'd, we'd, we'd need to consider that. Um, it will change the way that that shorthand operates. Well, of course. Shorthand, shorthand, I mean, you know, the story so far is, you know, we've, we've kind of dug ourselves out of a hole um, and now we're cash flow positive um, and things are kind of going great, right? And, and then we look, at, we look at investment, we say, like, do we want to change that? Um, well, just to be clear, we, we let's, could, not could, call could, it, could, let's not call it an investment because it's not. Someone else would basically buy out, it's a sale, and then a restructure of the cap table. That that may be the way it goes down. That may not be. There, there have been mul- like so. There are multiple different paths to to how this could work. Okay. Well, That's if if problem. if one of the paths is someone investing twenty million, right, and owning ten percent of the company, that that gives you guys a valuation of something that I would just want to understand how the hell you do that because twenty million Absolutely. for buying ten percent that's like a two hundred million dollar valuation on one point five in AR that's like two hundred x. 
completely agree. It boggles my mind as well. But you, just to be clear, you don't have offers for 20 million to buy 10% of the company. That's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about a buyout. No, we're, we're, we, are, we have what we have discussed, and I'll be clear, there is no offer. Yeah. What has been discussed is that we reach uh, something like uh, two to three million ARR. Yep. Uh, at that point, um, it'll be basically a 30% cut to Graham. Right. So it will be as if Graham has owned 30% of the company in the past. Uh, and then the investor will come in by 30% of the company. Okay, so let me just play this through. You have three million, a year from now, you have three, you're coming back on the show. Nathan, we hit three million bucks in AR. Great. Um, someone came in, Graham currently owns 100%. Someone pays 20 million and buys 70%, which means Graham now owns 30%. Where are you fit in this picture? No, 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 no. So the investor will buy 30% of the company. So 30% will be Graham. 30% will be the new investor. Okay. Well, where's the other 40%? The the rest is the team. Yeah, but someone has to buy that from Graham though. Someone has to buy that from Graham though. He owns it right now. Yeah, absolutely. So the company is going to pay him for that extra 40% to then make it basically an employee option pool? I'm not sure what you mean. Graham currently has 100%. For him to get down to 30%, someone has to buy 70% from him. You're saying an investor is going to take 30%. Well, there's still 40% unaccounted for. So how does... I'm just saying it'll it'll be a complete restructure of the cap table. Yeah, but so it will be though generated by an investor coming in and essentially buying 60% from Graham. They'll keep 30% as the investor and then incentivize you with the other 30%. Yes. That's the only way that can, that's, that's how, that's, I mean, that's how that would free up. I just want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm just confused why you, why not do demand that, like say this now, right? Like, Hey, we're building a company. I'm driving growth. I'd like 10%. Give me, put me on. The the next board meeting is going to be interesting. Uh, When is it? That's, that's on the table. That's on September 12th. Okay, good. We're going to have you on, on September 13th. All right. (laughs) All right, Ricky, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, so favorite one, I probably, um, insanely simple by Ken Siegel. Okay. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Not really. No. Number uh, three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? I'd have to say either front or zoom front or zoom. Yeah. Both great companies. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, I feel like this question is like a race to the bottom competition for, for CEOs and founders. Uh, not, not enough. Nowhere near enough. So like many hours? Night, I don't know, five. Five, okay. By the way, I, I if someone tells me like they have a great company, but they only sleep four hours, I immediately ignore the interview and take none of their advice. If they say they have a great company or an okay company and they're sleeping 10 hours, I'm way more interested in that advice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, uh, absolutely healthy. I think it's a problem yeah. in, in startups at the moment. Yeah. Um, and what's sure. your situation? Married, single kids? Married, two kids, uh, 11 and eight. And how old are you? I am... Oh, 39. Okay. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Uh, I, I wish I knew what focus really was. I'd tell myself, you think you know what it is, but you really don't. 
Guys, there you have it. He would have had to try to have a better understanding of what focus meant and what it was. Joined shorthand, but he is not the founder, but joined shorthand back in 2016. That was three years after launch. The early investors who owned about 100% of the company basically kicked out the first two founders. He's now running it, driving great growth, 100% year-over-year growth from about 60 grand in monthly recurring revenue in August 2017 up to about 125 grand per month today. That's from 250 customers that pay on average 500 bucks a month, but those are all annual plans. So about six grand uh, per year. Again, those are usually paid all up front. 2.5 million raised all in. That's US dollars. 2% revenue churn per month. That's on a gross basis, spending about 50 cents for a new dollar of ARR. Or said differently, they're spending about $3,000 to acquire a new $6,000 customer with a six-month payback period. Team of 10 people based in remote locations, but mainly New York City and London. Thank you so much, Ricky, for taking us to the top. Thank you very much.